Chapter 1 On Her Majesty's Service Official Paid Inland Revenue The buff-coloured card lay forbiddingly on George Gadbury's sketchy breakfast table. Although well accustomed to the receipt of these vexatious applications, Gadbury still felt a little frightened, as well as alerted and wary, whenever he received one. They represented a side of life that he wasn't somehow terribly good at. Why, he asked himself as he eyed this particular specimen, shouldn't he be official paid? There would be some sense in that. The theatrical profession was of inestimable benefit to the cultural life of the community, but it was undeniably overcrowded. One did the devil of a lot of resting, as it was ironically called. He himself had been taking this dubious kind of ease longer than he cared to count. There had been that delusive success in The Rubbish Dump, and really quite a lot of money. Then there had been a couple of flops, followed by nothing at all. Now here he was. Yes, he ought certainly to be official paid, whether working or not. You could bet that the chap who sent out these nasty little missives was. Probably he got through the job in a couple of mornings weekly, and put in the rest of his office hours at Domino's or some equally squalid recreation. Gadbury walked over to the window and surveyed some of South London's chimney pots. The prospect, urban yet detectably autumnal, presented nothing to fortify or inspire. He went back to the table and flicked the card over on its other side. It was pretty well the same hue, he noticed, as the stains on the cloth provided by Mrs. Lapin. He let his eye, for a start, travel only round its periphery. Bottom right, it said in very small print, WT 43085-M6195WH and S712-21. Bottom left, it was snappier and the print bolder. Number 145A. Top left, for he was going round clockwise, it said, rather uninventively, H.M. Inspector of Taxes. Top right had, please quote 16288D. Gadbury found himself speculating about that D. He guessed it was pretty special to himself. Perhaps it stood for desperate character. More probably it stood for dodger. Unless, indeed, it was rather technical, in which case the word might be drifter. He was a drifter rather than a dodger, he supposed. It was the less active occupation. Suddenly very depressed, Gadbury allowed himself to drift, for it was precisely that, round the room. Mrs. Lapin, he reflected, must at one time have taken a vigorous interest in the graphic arts. Where her walls weren't clothed with framed photographs of theatrical celebrities, all with the appearance of bearing exuberant signatures, they displayed sepia-toned reproductions of masterpieces of Victorian painting. Mrs. Lapin's favourite themes were romantic courtship and rural seclusion. In several of the pictures, these were resourcefully combined. But for some years Mrs. Lapin's aesthetic responses seemed to have been in eclipse, for all these pleasing scenes were so dusty and fly-blown that their finer points were inaccessible to inspection. Gadbury peered gloomily at the largest of the pictures. 
It represented a gentleman in eighteenth-century costume making a proposal of marriage to a young gentlewoman. He had chosen, suitably enough, a walled garden for the enterprise, and he had bought a whole pack of hounds with him to support him in his suit. The sagacious creatures were sniffing peacefully at the hollyhocks. The young gentlewoman was sniffing bashfully at a rose. Finding no encouragement in this, Gadbury had recourse to another of the arts. He whistled the first eight notes of the Fifth Symphony. He squared his shoulders, twice repeated this musical performance, and walked back to the table. H. M. Inspector of Taxes requests an early reply to his communication of 23-11-64. That was all.